I V M. To all our listeners tuning in, this is a trigger warning. We will be delving into some sensitive things. If you feel you will be affected, please tune out right now. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Marbles Lost and Found. I'm Zane. I'm Avanti, and we're here again with Alicia Halani, who's a practicing psychotherapist uh, in Bombay. And today we're going to be talking about bipolar, borderline, and OCD. Yes, that is correct. Because I think the last time we had Alicia on the show, we talked about um, schizophrenia and DID primarily, which I don't know about you guys, but to me was really fascinating. I just kept on asking questions. But today there are a couple of more things that I feel like we need to talk about. So, Avanti, again, I will let you sort of kick this one off. <laughs> okay. Um, we were talking about in the last session the impact of trauma on identity. Um, and the impact of, yeah, basically mm-hmm. trauma and identity. And I thought, you know, could we kickstart this session with talking about borderline personality and what it, like what people think of it first yeah. of all and what it really is? Frankly, mm. can I even say that I don't even know what borderline personality disorder is? Yeah. So I know that people who have it, but I don't even know what it is. Yeah. yeah. So again, um, one of the main criteria to be diagnosed with borderline personality disorder is you have to have gone through some kind of trauma mm-hmm. and how it impacts the other criteria are you know like you find it really difficult to trust people yeah uh, to build intimate relationships and um, a sense of chronic emptiness yes um, i believe is also another symptom major abandonment yeah. issues mm-hmm. um and feeling like a lack of or unsure about boundaries yeah so either get really really close and then at the slightest fear of rejection get really 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 distant yeah um yeah so i remember like having had certain clients with this diagnosis mm. and even in therapy it was really hard to gain their trust mm. it's like you know they wouldn't show up consistently and just like and they're accused of being manipulative yeah yeah just yeah. just i cuz i remember uh, you know when i was learning about this stuff and i i one of my professors said that oh my god if you ever get a borderline client just don't take them on mm-hmm. i was like that's, that's such a horrible so, thing to that's say that's horrible but they're like oh they're crafty and they're always testing your um worth and how whether you're actually going to be there for them and they always want to be they're so dependent on you mm. that they need to be in touch like all the time and they will call you and they'll you know suicide threats galore kind of thing yeah so I, it's either that or the other extreme where there's just no engagement right and there's just like this disdain and like mistrust completely right. and being super oh. inconsistent but it's so it's such a um dismissive way of looking at a person hmm. i think the minute you hear as a therapist that this person has borderline it's almost like the past abuse and the past trauma and all these you know symptoms that are a result of this um doesn't really matter it's just that this person's just a really difficult person and I'm not going right. to deal with mm-hmm. them. I see. Don't have you ever heard that or come across any of that Alicia? What exactly? Just like, that that judgment, that mm, thought that mm. Yeah, I feel I mean it's so important for a therapist to have a kind of empathy and you know that oh you mean people in general viewing that or therapists viewing that? I'm sorry just a second I haven't understood the question <laughs> yeah, at all. Me neither mm-hmm. actually. <laughs> I guess what I wanted to know is have you ever heard have you come across that judgment? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think that not really taking into consideration the entire context right of mm. 
the trauma of the person and just reacting to like yeah their behavior and yeah. and how yeah right and, yeah so and now just just to ask um one one thing about borderline where you said you know there had to be some sort of trauma hmm. um is that again sort of very similar to PTSD no is it not okay fine hmm. i don't know i'm which is why i'm asking no. So PTSD uh, is when um you've gone through something traumatic and then you have an intrusion of those traumatic images or thoughts mm-hmm. um or trigger getting triggered by yeah. by things But someone with the borderline diagnosis could, could have yeah. PTSD. Yeah. Could yeah. have PTSD. Yeah. Okay, fine. Yeah. But they're not the same thing. No. No, no yeah. No. Okay, so the distinction between the two would be post traumatic stress disorder ptsd would be you know um those intrusional thoughts or or feelings based off a trauma and borderline would also may include that as well but it would also include um that major detachment from from people or situations or not knowing boundaries and being like extremely connect or or being extremely um, too close or would you say that bpd borderline personality is more of a relational um yeah. cluster of symptoms and ptsd is more of an internal like what you're dealing with because of the past like a lot of people right. who've been in in I the see. war yes yes um, yes have a lot of ptsd symptoms some a lot of people i'm not yeah. saying but everything is sort of overlapping yeah. in that sense you right. know because both things are internal and both yeah. things sure. are relational True. also the very nuanced yeah. i feel mm-hmm. so So okay uh, but normally sorry and just one more thing cuz I was just going back to borderline I don't know if you've noticed but a lot of only women are ever diagnosed with borderline Really Have you ever heard of a guy where you'd be like bo- okay you have, <laughs> I have it oh yeah but I think there is a statistic that does say that uh, mainly um, women yeah more women than men get diagnosed with this Oh that's interesting but why would that be the case do you reckon I don't know Maybe actually I'm not sure It's yeah. just people like to brand difficult women Oh yeah. I mean, I think I think <laughs> there's I think there's them. been plenty of adjectives given to women over the years for yeah. being quote unquote hysterical yeah. or yeah, God knows what. Yeah. I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah. Hysteria was actually yeah. a diagnosis, yeah. right. wasn't it? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. 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 And actually I just want to say also that um there's this film called Greenberg. Mm-hmm. Um Ben Stiller is acting in it and um yeah, if you if you watch the film you you would see these traits of borderline okay. and one of the things that he says in the film that has stayed with me and I watched this film mm. like many years ago mm. but in that film it he says hurt people hurt people mm. so he's like this really difficult guy mm. like anger and mm. insulting and arrogant and mm. you know all that and um and then you do see like his pain and his hurt and how mm. he's created such a shield such a wall right. isolating himself from others right. so that's a very profound statement yeah. hurt people hurt people that is a very profound statement mm. yeah and um so now i actually wanted to jump in from um borderline to bipolar mm. so now what would because now because again this is also um something that people use very very casually like oh mm-hmm. that person was happy chilling with us one minute and then they're just so angry they're so bipolar yeah. so again that's a very crass <laughs> analogy which mm. people use casually but what is it actually so bipolar um the distinct feature of it is a person has mania mm-hmm. manic episodes right where it's just over the top kind of behavior very impulsive okay um so like it could be something like you know having like 
spending um, a lot of money spending a lot of money or just like ha- having like rampant sex okay um giving possessions away mm. walking on right. the road and just giving things away to people right oh wow feeling okay. invincible yeah okay yeah even going like on a bender on a night yeah. or something like yes. that okay yeah Fine. like binge drinking something mm. like that oh, mm. but for prolonged periods of time right it there needs to be 3 weeks or a certain amount of time where you have to have experienced this recklessness yeah or a certain amount of manic episodes yeah. in like say a 3 month period or something like that okay um or like you know buying like everyone in the bar like drinks are on yeah. me kind of behavior right uh and so that's so mania mm-hmm. or depression okay uh really really um uh which is polar severe, opposite yeah, behavior yeah. so okay. it's manic depression right. bipolar wow okay so um again is that something that is mainly uh treated via you know cognitive behavioral therapies or there's But also just, medication sorry just before that though i think one of the myths around bipolar is that you're it's happy versus sad that okay. you're really mm. really happy um for 3 weeks at a time and then you're really really sad for 3 weeks at a time but it doesn't always manifest like that at all in fact okay. you could be mm, not happy right but super manic right and you could be kind of functioning but very 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 low functioning you you could be depressed sure um right am i yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. avanti have you ever had a client who was bipolar no oh. i haven't okay what about you alicia yeah okay uh, what was it like for that um like if you can paint a picture of what that person was yeah, like yeah so actually what i was the the symptoms i was describing was an actual person uh, okay. who would do this like walk mm. give away even things off of himself like his wow. sunglasses or hat or you know like his bag just let, give it to a random person just, on the road yeah because wow. i was a manic episode and uh, was spending lots of money and mm. like buying everyone at the bar drinks right um and then when he had his depressive moments how did that manifest yeah just you know not getting out of bed not mm. wanting to talk to anyone wow um, your appetite is affected your sleep is mm. affected yeah you know okay. those yeah. kinds of things interesting yeah Um so Our personal hygiene gets affected mm-hmm. also. Right. Okay, so it is absolute polar It's opposite. Just, yeah, yeah. Wow. In in both cases though your personal hygiene can yeah. get affected. Yeah. Right? It can be a sign of. Yeah. yeah. Right. Okay. So um we've talked a little bit about You you wanted to talk about treatment. Yeah, actually I, yeah, I just wanted to know so now again with the with these sort of things um uh the treatment that is involved is it 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 feels like you know based on what we've been talking about I think generally um apart from you know finding specific medication that works for you and your system the other stuff seems to be pretty similar across the board by way of you know be it some form of exercise some form of social interaction or yeah. some sort or if i mean if you have like heavy anxiety or social anxiety gradually i guess getting to that point in some way um art some sort of art therapy mm. or even animal therapy and that sort of thing these are generally the sort of things that people across the board would do right you'd yeah, say yes okay yeah. okay fine which is i suppose there is <laughs> yeah okay cool yeah, actually another thing i was going to say also yeah. um like with both borderline and bipolar there's also substance abuse ah. issues that's okay. a very uh, prominent feature right mm. okay to cover up the feelings of em- emptiness yes so another film i'm bringing in these pop culture references yeah thank yeah, you yeah. rachel getting married with mm. the ann hathaway as the actress mm-hmm. and um and in this film it's like um she can't handle the fact that her older sister is getting married and all the attention is on her mm-hmm. so she mm. has this sort of uh, relapse where she you know is just like 
having sex with some some person you mm. know or like getting really drunk getting really sloshed or like doing some kind of drugs mm. while all this like positive celebration is happening it's like the focus is not on mm. her right so that becomes the trigger mm-hmm. and like this like it's almost like a family intervention has to happen to like really get her to, to be, get be to, a part of like the right. family and really sure. be but it's very well made and very real and okay. she's young in the film like she's like in her early 20s you know so also right. that sense of like maturity and responsibility mm. like all those things are also like mm. highlighted and right it really makes me wonder if you can ever spot for bipolar and borderline as a child and then you know try and create a more nurturing environment for this child because it is a response to what's going around yeah uh, that that then stimulates your hmm. predispositions your yeah. you know yeah. genetic predispositions like impulse control yeah um i just really wonder because i don't think there is anything that allows you to spot it yet i mean when when someone's a kid yeah and usually i mean you see that a person with this kind of diagnosis there's got to be in the family someone who is either an aggressor or mm. you know mm. they have their own unhealed issues and that right. just gets sort of passed down passed down in some line, way right you know? and now i also i wanted to jump on to another one that um another illness that people generally also sort of use very very crassly or or, or casually which is ocd mm-hmm. um obsessive compulsive disorder for anyone who's not familiar with the acronym so now and we've seen this very very casually we see this very very often where people like oh i'm so easy ocd like my um all my socks have to be like in this particular form or my what clothes it, have to be <laughs> or my uh, yeah color coordinated yeah, like all the blues color. and then all the whites yes. yeah yeah being organized doesn't mean you have ocd yes nice. so please tell us um i mean i know that the real definition i'm i'm anticipating that the real definition of ocd is not as silly as mm-hmm. that so what would it actually be yeah so it's a combination of having these obsessive slash repetitive slash intrusive thoughts mm-hmm. along with um the compulsion so the actual behavior and the act of like doing the repetitive things right so it's got to be a combination of both thought okay. as well as action as well as action otherwise there are categories where it's just like a person gets diagnosed with say depression with mm. obsessive thoughts right. or or with compulsions right uh-huh. right you know right so there's that distinction um, mm. and again i think according to the uh dsm which is the diagnostic and statistical manual of mental okay. disorders okay. i think they have these specific criteria of like you have to display this kind of behavior for again i think like 6 months at a time or I'm not sure if it's 6 months or 3 months you okay. know okay it has to be in a certain time period where and it has to interfere with your regular life yes, that's and your the regular key. functioning sure. yeah. okay yeah so would you say then an appropriate example of this would be someone who you know locks their front door at least 15 times because they believe that if they don't do that something ominous will happen to them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that that's an appropriate example of what yeah. ocd actually is yeah and that's pretty right. severe mm-hmm. right 15 times is is pretty severe yeah. because it doesn't always stop with 15 it's like oh my god did i do it did i do it did i really do it did i really do it 15 times yeah, yeah. and to go back and do yeah. wow okay so yes ladies and gentlemen please keep in mind that ocd does not have to do with your color coordinated socks there's a lot more to it than that mm. it can also be triggered by um I and mean, you see it in kids mm-hmm. um but you can it can also be triggered by things like pregnancy 
Hmm. Right. So I was reading about uh, the fact that, and this is something not a lot of people talk about, but post-pregnancy, everyone now, not everyone, but a lot of people now talk about post-pregnancy depression and, right. you know, the blues, yeah, yeah post hmm. postpartum hmm. depression. Hmm. But what we don't talk about is postpartum anxiety or postpartum intrusive thoughts hmm. that, that okay. enter your mind. And I was reading some, like it's... it's Really high statistic, like 67% of women experience these intrusive thoughts um, that are really, really obsessive. Mm. Um, Of course, the difference is that they don't act on it, Mm. on some of these thoughts. Mm. But it's very, very um, common. Mm. Okay. Um, So they're negative thoughts and destructive thoughts. Yeah. Mm. Like... Oh my God, I could hurt my baby. And what if I hurt my baby? Oh my God, what if I could hurt my baby? What would I do to hurt my baby? Wow, okay. Um, what would I do to hurt myself? And it goes on and on and on. Now, the difference between OCD and that is they're not actually going out and hurting their baby. Right, okay. Or understood. doing those things to see, test out yes, what yes. it would be like, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. OCD is follow through with action, yeah. effectively. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. So, wow, I've, I've learned a good amount today already. Yeah, and, and, and the best treatment for this is is CBT, is mm. cognitive, cognitive behavioral therapy. Yeah, where we really challenge the person's core beliefs. Right. And thinking, okay. thinking pattern or like, yeah, yeah the thoughts. And, um, and I mean, personally, I feel that this can be remedied even without medication. Okay. It is possible. Okay. It's just longer. It takes longer. Yeah, just, it might yeah. take a little okay. longer, but like I have worked with somebody mm. who... We didn't need medication or he, he had stopped taking medicine. and Okay, fantastic. Yeah, it was a few sessions and no more of that stuff. So for our listeners who may not be aware of cognitive behavioral therapy, what sort of um, practices go into that? When you say someone is, going, uh, is working with cognitive behavioral therapy, what sort of therapy is that exactly? So basically, it is talk therapy. Right. And uh, it just involves like asking the right kinds of questions. Okay. Um, and testing your beliefs, your yeah, core beliefs. testing... And challenging the person's core beliefs. Okay, fine. And it's really the idea that your cognitions affect your emotions, which okay. then affect your behavior. Yes, your actions. Yeah. Okay, yeah. I see. So if you can change your cognition, your thought, then that would have a different impact on your emotions, which would have a different impact on your behavior. So would some sort of, I won't say disassociation because that's a very strong word, but say sort of detachment from thoughts and not basically learning not to get, not to have your thoughts overwhelm you or your emotions overwhelm you is that also sort of part of cognitive behavioral therapy um i would say that to have replacement thoughts replacement thoughts okay that are more beneficial or rational or yeah more productive like this might like if you're terrified of going out to a bar on your own Mm -hmm. the cbt way of dealing with it could be okay so you go out on a bar on your own what happens and they're like oh everyone stares at me and everyone Mm. thinks of this and they're like okay you go on your bar alone everyone stares at you and everyone thinks this about you what next right what next what next yeah yeah yeah. right okay so you're kind of breaking down what could happen as far as oh what's the worst that could happen is that it or yeah, I kind of also presenting. I think part yeah, of it is yeah. presenting to you that the worst is never the worst. Right. Mm. Okay. I see. Um, yeah, and it's also about part of it. yeah. It's mm. also about addressing this aspect of really needing a sense of control. Mm. Right. You know, okay. That's a big part of it. So learning to let go of that sense of control. Um. Or how to redirect that? Okay. Like what's a more positive thing to control I rather see. than doing an an action that's 
not really benefiting me in any way. It's just okay, repetitive. Fine. It's just on that autopilot mode. Like, right. for example, this one person, it was like he had to keep touching all the Ganeshas you know, right. okay. in the home and something was incomplete or cause anxiety if he didn't do if, that. Okay. You know, or even like seeing cars on the parked cars that mm. have Ganeshas, you'd have to touch the, touch those. <laughs> the window. Okay. You know. So how did he suss out that particular action through with cognitive behavioral therapies? Yeah, that, you know, um, so this was a long time ago, so I'm trying to remember, but it was more about like, you know, um, to redirect that control mm-hmm. and more into like putting that energy into mm. back into yourself like back right. into like your I thoughts see. or how I, what would be a better way to think about it or put okay, my fine. energy into like alternate thoughts right okay so basically the first step would be to sort of firstly catch yourself yeah. in that space and go away and hold on this is what's going on yeah and then you start to huh. and re- another big thing about this is to remove self negative self-judgment right, right. you know so that that was huh, the thing that did work was like i said to him you know, throw out of the window the idea that, that you have to fix this. Yeah. Right. Let it be as it is. Let it be as it's it giving is. you a sense of joy or pleasure, mm-hmm. a sense of like feeling complete in a way. Mm-hmm. Then, you, you you know, you need that. And that actually it was almost like... It, it freed him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, this is part of like the strategic sort of model of therapy. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You know, so, you changed the paradigm where his idea was there's something wrong here. Mm-hmm. And right. you were yeah. like, there's not. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's that's yeah. actually very interesting. Yeah. I can imagine that could be very liberating yeah. for someone. Yeah. And looking at the clock, oh dear, I think <laughs> that's unfortunately all that we have time for for this episode as well. But I think the two myth-busting episodes that we've done so far were actually quite enlightening. Thank you so much for being yeah. with us on two episodes, Alicia. Yes. It was great Thanks, having you. Thanks, Alicia. Yeah. And thank you guys for listening. Um, if you have any questions or stories that you want to share, please do write to us at write to marbles at gmail.com. The two in that is T-O, so write to marbles at gmail.com. Thank you guys so much for listening. I've been Zane. And I'm Avanti. And Alicia. <laughs> thank you again. Thank you. We're signing off. Bye. Bye. Bye.